Companions vs. Pretenders. I'm your host, Joe Human. It's a chilled Monday afternoon. Um, weird one because normally like, I record in the mornings. So this is a very interesting one. Um, I'm speaking to... Oh, I wish you guys knew how awesome this person is. But he's very low-key. Even even on social media, like he's not really out there. Because he's really just about getting the work out. Making sure that there's value in everything that he touches. Um... I've had the, the honor of having him as my manager, but there's, there's a very interesting side to him that has so much insights and information away from what we do together and the business that we do that I really just want us to tap into. Sbatle Nilha, did I say your surname right, bro? I Nila. never I never get to say it because the age is there and I want to pronounce the age. So it's, it's Nila because it's kind of have to pronounce the age. You kind of, like but you don't. Hill, it's like Nila. <laughs> <laughs> How you doing, bro? I'm good, man. I'm good. How you doing, bro, bro? I'm all right. I'm all right. Excited. Um, really just... This is this is also the first time we're getting to really just talk because, I mean, ever since we've met each other, we've never really, like, spoken about you and what you do. It's always been, like, we met, like, on a business term. Yeah, 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 so yeah. ever since then, it's really just been about business. It's never been about... Actually, where do you come from? Like, who are you? <laughs> like... What's your yeah. thought process? How did you get into the space? So I really just wanted to tap into that so that my audience can really just get to know who is Sparkly. Yeah, we man. call him Stacks, by the way. Stacks of money. That's what I'm about. <laughs> <laughs> Let's make money, guys. Let's make money together. But yeah, man, um, I finally said yes to doing this. Wow. I've been trying to get Goodness. him to do this for a while, guys. Like, you know, for me, someone who's really like in the branding space, to 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 be like i want this guy to be my manager i want him to manage my personal brand do you I remember mean, how long this process took <laughs> i had to beg i had to beg for, for a while i actually felt oh like goodness. i actually felt like this guy didn't rate me he, he <laughs> I remember, don't yeah i was like you know what maybe like i'm not big enough for him nah. <clears throat> um because he's like really handling some really cool people so bad, man. yeah man um who are you bro like Ooh, let's do this, man. Um, so yeah, um, my name is Usma Um I was born and bred in Cape Town. Um, I lived all over Cape Town, man. Um, uh, I'm a Tosa guy, uh, so home is really the Eastern Cape. Um, in a village called Mdinzana, mm. which falls under Itofimbaba, I believe. But our closest town to us is actually Queenstown. You know? um, so I grew up in Mandalay. I grew up in uh, Kailicha, I grew up in Grassy Park, I grew up in Kales River, I grew up in gardens in town when I was in varsity, I grew up in Somerset West, I grew up in, I'm a, I'm, I'm a child of a parent who, who fought tooth and nail for us, so uh, I really was able to experience all that comes with the life of a, a poor black family mm. figuring it out mm. right so the reason i grew up in so many places in cape town is because my mom um was was studying um at night during the day she'd be at school she'd get one degree she'd get a raise so we'd move from one um severe state of poverty to a, a little bit better mm. she'd get another degree another raise and so forth and so on. So she used education as a way out. Mm. You know what I mean? And because I was moving around so much, I got to experience different cultures. Because one thing about Cape Town is that um, each and every area 
has almost it's 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 like subcultures. So even within the colored community, the colored community of Kales River is different from the colored community of of Mandalay, which is Mitchell's Plain, mm. and of Grassy Park, and of those you'll find in in, uh, in gardens, including black culture in Cape Town, those of Kukule to Kylie, Cha, Nyanga, you know. And so all of those influences made me who I am. Grew up um, loving sport. Mm. Um, but from a very young age, I knew I wanted to be in business. You know what I mean? So I remember I was in primary school and I told my mom, when I was in um, grade seven, I was like, you need to find me a commercial school. Mm. In terms of the high school that I, I, I need to go to, I want to, something that's going to teach me business and economics. You know what I mean? Because I knew when I'm older, I'm either going to be selling a product or a service, right? What, but I what, knew I was going to be in business. What was, what was that thing inside you that drove you towards saying you knew you were going to be in business? Because I mean... <clears throat> Somewhere, somehow, you must have been influenced by something. You must have seen something. You must have experienced something that pushed you to say, or made you realize that actually this is this is who I am. This is where I want to be. Yeah. So when I was in primary school in Mandalay Primary, there there was a guy who owned a a shop in Mandalay, and he, this guy loved me, man. We his name was Mister Pat. I think his shops are still there. I think one shop is left now. It was in Oba Street. It's Oba Street is like this main big street in Cape in, in Mandalay. So when you enter Mandalay from the Tembani Bongweni side, if you're coming from Montclair or whatever, you would drive down Oba Street, and Mandalay Primary is on the same street, right? And he had a shop opposite my primary school, mm. a big shop, and then another shop on the same street down the street of Oba. When you're going towards the Lower Crossroad, the bridge that goes from Mandalay to Lower Crossroad, right? And that's the street I would walk up when I'm going to school and walk down when I'm coming back from school. And his house um, was also a shop down the street. So he had the big shop opposite mm. of school. And as you walk down, you get to another shop. So this guy was selling like... Yeah, he was out here. He was out here, <laughs> out here. And then he had a sh- another shop, um, I think, in in more gangster, uh, another part of Mitchell's Plain. And I think he had another one also in Lendechia. So this guy, to me, that was the first business person I saw. And why I gravitated towards him is that every Friday, what he would do when kids are coming out of school, he would, he would throw sweets for the kids. So he'd play this game where he'd stand on the stoop of his shop mm. and we'd throw all of these of the sweets for us. So it used to be a highlight for us to be like, yo, who's going to be at the gate first? And so mm. we used to love him. He'd, he'd sponsor our, our soccer team. And because I was very good at soccer, me and him got along. Eventually, we got very close. Mm. And he was involved in the community. Like if there was a housebreaking, he'd be the first one there with some of his stuff from his shop. He'd try to recover the goods. He'd try to make sure that the family is safe. And unfortunately, my, 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 my household got broken into a lot because mm. it was, it was a, 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 a woman-led household who was constantly not at home because she's at work during the day. In the evening, she'd be at UWC studying. So... I would be the one who's at home. And she'd keep me busy. So I would be at school. After school, I'd go to karate lessons. After karate lessons, I'm back home probably around about eight, half eight. Then I need to do my homework if I didn't do it when I came directly from school and eat and sleep. You know, So my house got broken into a lot. And he, therefore, he got involved in my life. Like mm. that. And so he was a significant figure in my life. So when I thought of, of somebody who was successful, I would think of Mr. Pat. Mm. 
and Mr. Pat had a daughter who was in the same grade as me. And I'd, I'd see how different her lifestyle was. She didn't do this thing of her school fees being paid in installments like monthly payments of school fees. <laughs> like all of us. You know, so they had this thing, if you didn't pay your school fees when they were doing the, they do every month, can you please stand up? Or they call it to the teacher and yeah. the teacher would ask you about your school fees and you have to take your letter to your parents or a message to the mm -hmm. parents. She'd never have to go through that. Whenever there was a school outing, she had everything. Uh, it was packed, you know, from the chips to, to the burgers to the whatever and she'd still have cash. You know what I mean? So anything that had to do with school and that had to do with money, she'd always, she's covered. You know what I mean? Mm. And I was like, that's the lifestyle I want for my children and I want for myself. And Mr. Pat was his own boss. How old were you already thinking about children, my guy? Nah, bro, like, like the reality <laughs> of this is if you are black in South Africa mm. and if you come from a, a severe state of poverty in mm. this country, kids who come from that environment grow up faster. True, true. You just have to that survive. Is, you have to. You know what I mean? So I was very observant as a kid very early on. Um, and he took me under his wing. You know what I mean? He took me under his wing once he saw that, yo, this kid, because I'd ask him a lot of questions. I'd bombard him with questions. I would be like, yo, why are you throwing all of these sweets for free? Why aren't you selling them? Mm. And he's like, because I know. Because I'm throwing sweets at you and because I have the, this good faith with you guys, mm. you're more likely to come by at my shop than at anybody else's shop. True. You know what I mean? And that was the first lesson in marketing, but I didn't know it, mm. that I was experiencing experiential marketing. <laughs> you know what I mean? So he um, was sampling his products, man. He was out here. Mm. So that's my background. And then obviously, as I was growing, as I was growing up and I was paying more attention to it, and then, um, playing soccer, then ended up playing for IX. And I would watch the owner, John Committees, man, in the parking lot, the cars he'd park. I'd watch how his staff would treat him and all the players, even the senior players mm -hmm. that I looked at as stars as I was coming up in the ranks. I was like, ah, oh, this guy. Like, you, you know, you walk with it, the mood changed when you'd mm -hmm. step in the room or in the dressing room, man. So I was like, okay, if you want to be somebody of significance, you've got to own something. You've got to run mm -hmm. something. You've got to sign some check for someone. Can't be waiting for the check to be signed for you. Mm. You know what I mean? And I'll all of these things are happening at different stages in my life. How did that how how did how did that make you fall into into marketing? So I fell in love with marketing later on. It was part of this thing of understanding that I'm going to be in business, I'm selling a product or a service. So the idea was simply this. I'm having a conversation with my dad. I remember he was was visiting Parliament again um, for something. And at this stage I'm at Gardens Commercial High already, which is right next to Parliament, really. You just walk up from Parliament, then it's the Jewish Museum, then it's my high school gardens mm. commercial. <clears throat> so we're having a conversation at Ocean Basket, and my dad asked me a question. He says, so what are you studying to be when you're done with school? What are you studying to be? And the answer I always gave him was, I don't understand what I need to study for because I'm going to be a professional soccer player. Mm. But the problem now, my love for for business and my interest in business had grown so much. I was like, ah, I'm going to be in business. Mm. And I remember that it, my dad leaned in and I explained this to him. I said, so 
I'm going to be selling a product or a service. Therefore, I need to know how to sell to a large quantity of people mm. at a very good conversion rate. Right? And the only way I'm going to have that ability, the last stage of the production system or the last stage of your business system is you now interfacing with a with the customer and selling them something. And I'm not going to be out here selling one to one, right? So I'm going to be selling to a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and therefore, the last stage in your business system to do that is advertising. True. Right? So I was like, okay, cool. So the next step of the high school, I need to study marketing or advertising, right? And I did my research and I found a school that was called this, uh, the AAA uh, School of Advertising mm. in Cape Town. And as I was doing my research, at the time, it was, the, I think, the third or the second institution in the world in terms of rating in, in advertising. I think it was after the School of Advertising in New York or something like that and some other school in London. I can't remember. It was a while back. Man, I'm showing my age. Anyway, <laughs> but I was like, whoa, and it's in Cape Town. Right, so they had a campus in Job, they still have, but in terms of their ratings, the Cape Town one was ranked, I think, third or second. Mm. You know, I was like, okay, I need to come here because I need to learn how to sell, right? Because my idea was simply this, Joe: I'm going to go study how to sell the best way to a large quantity of people, and then I'm going to study business management, which my high school kind of entered me into that already. And I kind of had a grasp of it already. Mm. Then the next stage, I was going to I was going to study. Um, I think I, I wanted to do accountancy or something that had to do with managing finances. Because I was in my head, it was like, okay, cool. Money is the lifeblood of business. So if you think of True. business like a human being, advertising is communication. Mm. The lifeblood of any business, right? It's definitely the cash flow. It's going to be the cash, mm. and then the heartbeat. Of that is the economic system, or, or, for lack of a better word, uh, the 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 economy in which that business functions in, which was mm. South Africa. Mm. So I'd have to understand macroeconomics. I'd have to understand business economics. Then I'd have to understand the economics of selling, which would be advertising. So I had a plan. It was advertising. It was economics. It was business economics, right? This is a kid coming up with his plan like in high school. Mm. So it wasn't perfect, but it was some, some plan. And I went on the journey to, 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 to study um, advertising, even though my grades were saying no. I hacked the system. <laughs> and then <clears throat> a couple of years later, you find yourself um, working with quite a lot of brands. Mm, mm. How was how that experience? And, and what are some sort of like the insights um, you've learned because I think one thing that a lot of people really struggle with is how to work with brands. Either they are an agency, whether they are an influencer, whether they're just an individual as a freelancer. Mm. There's a lot of things that go into how to work with brands and how to really just like, you know, milk that relationship for it to really be be fruitful. Yeah. And, and I think we are missing a lot of it because we we tend to really be attached to digital and what's happening online. Mm. that we lose sight of things that are really on the ground. You know, for someone that's been in this industry for quite a while, I really want us to dive deep and just speak about how yeah. does actually one work in brands? Like, where do you start? 
what are the scenarios um how do you make sure that you get paid how do you make sure that the yeah. relationship is fruitful how do you build on that yeah so the first thing bro i would say is that um it's not as complex as people think it is mm. but in the same vein it's not as simple as some people would make it seem what do i mean is not as complex in any business a person is looking for value true it's a transaction it's value for value right so brands at the end of the day the bottom line for brands is if i enter into this relationship with you how does it affect the sentiment around my brand and how does it affect the movement of my product or my service mm. that is it bottom line like so they looking at you from the posture point of being selfish about themselves which is not necessarily wrong it's a business right so then it means for you it's about how do i position myself in such a manner that who i am or my personal brand or the brand that i'm building or the business or the service how does it answer or how does it speak to those three things that a brand is looking at you know what i mean mm. how how do i affect the sentiment around their brand how do i affect the bottom line in terms of sales and how do i affect the movement of their product or their service which is kind of like the same thing as bottom line right and so that's the one thing secondly you need to realize that um the statement that it's not personal it's business is actually incorrect it's a lie <laughs> you're working with people you're not working with robots you need I've always mentioned this bro you you you're going to have to work on your people skills you're going to have to work on 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 knowing how to not just play the game but play the person now i'm not saying be manipulative but i mean know how to treat people how you would want people to treat you and i always say this people say like honest people or nice people or kind people finish lot is the line the long term if you're a good person if you stick to your word even to your own hurt what do i mean about that even when the situation is unfair and you still have to deliver deliver Hmm. I'd rather lose a, a, a rand. I'd rather lose a few racks than take a hit to my integrity and to my name. Hmm. Because the only thing I have to bank on is does my name stand for something? Hmm. If a person deals with me on a particular issue or on a particular deal and they shake my hand and we look at each other in their eyes, will I keep my end of the bargain? especially in this industry stacks where uh, as big as we think yeah. the creative industry or the yeah, entertainment man, put the tank man put every, the tank <laughs> as big as um people actually think the creative or the advertising industry is we also it's small know each other right <laughs> we all sort of know each other and like you said your integrity is probably the only thing that you can back. Yo, is that for me? Yeah. Yo, that's too large, bro. That's, that's definitely for you. No, man. No, no, no. no that no, no. is definitely I, for I need you. a drop. Just add some ice and you'll be good. <laughs> so yeah, um, man, the, the industry is small, bro. And 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 yeah, man, like we we would be talking about we 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 would be having a meeting with the client that we meeting for the first time and then they mention a name that we know. Yeah, because yeah. Because yeah, the yeah. industry is literally that big but yeah. small. The thing is, uh, especially the higher you go, the higher up you go depending on the quality of 
uh, clients you, you, you're servicing, um, the brands you're servicing, the people that you work out with. Um, in the big leagues, everybody knows everybody. True. Or you're one person removed from that person. True. And everybody researches everybody. <laughs> That's just how it is. It, which goes back to what I was saying, that business is personal because you're dealing with people. People. That doesn't mean you don't have business principles in place. I'm saying you have those principles, but be cognizant in how you treat people. Mm. You know what I mean? Even when, even where there's, there's, there's a necessity for a confrontation, remember on the other side, you're dealing with a human being. Even when they're in the wrong, consider the fact if you are in the wrong, how would you want the other person to deal with you? Mm. Still speak sternly, still raise their concerns, but still make sure that the relationship is intact or 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 try the best you can, no matter what you have to do, how to do make you, sure that it's intact. How do you, so let's let's just switch the, switch the table and take it from an individual or a business or, or, or an agency's perspective where they are dealing with a brand that is now becoming a headache. And you're just speaking about integrity and you're speaking about, let me deal with this person how they would have wanted to have dealt with me yeah you know so from 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 your side as an as an individual or an entrepreneur or an agency that you're dealing with yeah. a specific brand or an account how do you sort of channel that energy into something um more more sort of like positive because mm -hmm. like you said at the end of the day it's your integrity that matters but you also have to know how that you're dealing with the person yeah, yeah. but the brand is not dealing with you like a person yeah. maybe they haven't paid you maybe there's something that's gone wrong there's a specific system that's gone wrong how First of all, have room to be paid late in this industry, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> like, Please just repeat that. Have room to be paid late in this industry. What do you mean by that? So never bang on the fact that every client is going to pay you on time. Mm. But chase your money like everybody should be paying you on time because they should. You understand what I'm saying? So um, do not spend money that's, in your, that's not in your account yet. Do not spend all the money that's in your account yet. Do not have your overheads exceeding your income. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's easy to say. I know, guys. And I know. Figure it out, man. Figure it out. Or just come to subtle meetups. But what I'm saying to you <laughs> is that something is going to happen. Mm. Because, again, you're dealing with people. People get sick. The account lady is on leave. Um the guy was supposed to send you the email, the, the, the PO, there's a situation with him, or the system they're using uh, for procurement and the FinOps team or the financial team as mm. a system. It's done. Something will happen at some stage in one of your clients' uh, um, a relationship. You know what I mean? So in the way you set yourself up, have room for disappointment mm. or have room for delays. You know what I mean? You don't want to be in a situation whereby when you are working, everything in terms of payments must happen perfectly or otherwise I'm down and out. Mm. That's a very dangerous position to be in, how especially you, depending on your size of, of the business that you, you, how do you we, have. How do we avoid, avoid that sort of situation? What would you suggest to make sure that you're not in a situation where you're banking on one client's? So it, it may not be easy depending on where you are. If you're starting out, it's not as simple as you've been in the game for a while. You have multiple clients. You know what I mean? So 
you you do want to for instance if you're in this game and it's still your side hustle then then that's okay if you're still working with one client maybe it's not a good idea to be having a big office space or renting an office space maybe you still do can do the thing of either working from starbucks or from home or you know what i mean so try to minimize your your overhead as 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 much as possible speaking about minimizing do you also think being able to price your work at the right value that's a yeah this is totally different conversation that i think it needs its own podcast mm. but i'll i'll touch on it a bit um i think creatives don't know how to price to be honest with you in south africa um, <laughs> okay i'll take you back to a situation remember that telco account we were working on yes when we were putting together the 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 influencer team that is going to help us roll out this project yeah. right we came across a situation where we were looking at an influencer and what she was coding us to be on this thing and we were like oh my goodness we are on, in that position now where we can allow a person to screw themselves over mm. or we screw screw them over but it's good for us in terms of our margins and mm. i was like this is not the person who, this this is not the people we are going to become yeah right and i remember when also said, also just on that um i'm going to jump in here and sort of like be the guest <laughs> creatives need to know to identify where value um is given to yeah. them right because there's projects there's projects that are going to come to you that needs you to probably put your full rate because you know no this is like a once of project or i don't sort of see myself working with this brand long term or i don't understand what they're really doing but i just want i just want to execute this thing right now yeah and there's projects that come where you you can be like i'm actually ready to sell some ass just to get my foot <laughs> into the door yeah, yeah, yeah. but no way you are once i'm in i know like what i can be able to execute yeah. and what value that me and this brand yeah. could be able to to like exchange yeah right so we need to just weigh that it like this is why i'm i'm always depending on what you bring into the table and depending on who the client is and depending on what the scope of work is i always tell creatives do not immediately send your rate card find out these three things that i've made well you know who the client is dig into what the scope of work is here right because <clears throat> if somebody calls you to campaign their house which is a three bedroom house you can't quote them the same rate that you're going to quote the city of johannesburg say campaign this whole entire school true so you, you kind of have to know the scope it's still a paintbrush it's still paint but the scope is different like by a large mile you know what i mean so um anyway we ended up asking her to actually double her rate and then she sent the rate that was double and I heard it again what the price was I was like no guys triple it at least mm. and let's find other places that we could plug her in and I got where she was coming from she it would have been the, probably the first time that she worked with a brand of of this magnitude yeah. on a project of this scale but I was like nah man we can't be those people we can't be on the one hand fighting for 
the creator. We are the first people to screw them over. Mm. And there's there's no there's no integrity there. And I remember in the boardroom we looked at each other, Joe, and I saw in your eyes immediately that we both knew what needs to happen here. We need to increase what we're paying now. And for me, really, that's 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 also why our relationship really works. We understand the the necessity for the work that we are doing. Um, we understand the necessity mm. of getting our hands dirty. We understand the necessity of you playing your role and me playing mine and nobody knows who the heck the short guy in shorts and flip-flops is. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but we know that um, we are chasing after a, a singular goal and, and that is fighting for um, the black creator of the black entrepreneur mm. um, to the promised land, leading them there. Do you think brands are finding it hard to find skilled people, people who are really in the digital space, people who are really on the ground creating great work into one space and being able to access those type of people? I think brand people are busy. It's not hard to find people who do quality work, quality creatives, I think because of the noise, do you mean I think... They, why do you mean they're busy? Because they're getting paid to find I know, people. bro. Have you ever worked in an... <laughs> These people are busy with admin, bro. You've seen this, man, Joe. Yeah, how many... How like, many okay. Remember, like, the thing about me with my podcast is when I sit on the side, I I sit from someone who... I, I play the role of someone who does not know anything. Someone who really just wants to get all the insight that they can get out. Because... Someone, someone might be listening to this for the first time. Okay, let me give you an example. <clears throat> Let's take a typical guy, a typical um, brand manager at, an say, agency. a bank or okay, an agency. Mm. Okay, that, that, who would that be? There would be an account exec or a. It's not client service. Are you talking about PR agency or ad agency? Just move the mic closer to you, just in case. Oh, sorry. So I was saying, let's just take a, a typical marketing manager or a brand manager at a, I don't know, do we call it a blue chip brand? What do we call them? Anything. You go with whatever. You know the example. Uh, okay. Let's take a, I don't want to mention names and people know that we probably work with those people. No, man. Just say a brand manager. At- yeah. Let's take a brand manager at a beverage company. Cool. Right? That guy is probably... On average, during the week, he's sitting probably in, in about 10 meetings. Yeah. Right? He's sitting in internal meetings. He's sitting in PR agency meetings. He's sitting in uh, advertising agency meetings. He's sitting at experiential agency meetings. He's sitting in internal um, status meetings, strat meetings, budget meetings. Um, he's... <laughs> he's he's dealing with admin like nobody's business, signing off on projects. Uh, like there's so much that happens mm-hmm. in that person's life. Most brand managers at big corporate brands, they do not go in at 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 eight or nine and leave at four or five. That's just not the reality of how they work. They have homework every single day, mm. most of the time, right? And even though the ones who are passionate trying to bring more into the space of marketing, those who are trying to do outstanding work, creative or groundbreaking work, um, work that uh, resonates with uh, 
the consumer, the amount of admin that they face, you wouldn't believe. Mm. In most typical blue chip corporate companies and, and, and brands. You know what I mean? So now, it is incumbent on us who are on the other side of the table who deal with these people to organize ourselves, to refine ourselves, to position ourselves in such a manner that there is ease of access and recognizability from the side of brands to say, here are the people who are doing groundbreaking work. Here are the people who are doing quality work. Here are the people who have positioned themselves in such a manner that it's easy for our internal systems to interface with them. You mentioned something, you mentioned a very interesting word, and I just kept going back to it after, yes. as, as soon as you said it. Organization. How do we organize ourselves as businesses or a freelancer or an influencer or an agency so that these people that are looking for us and want to work with us can actually find ease of you know, being able to access us? Get your shit in order. Get your house in order. Do not play the Johannesburg game. Don't act like the know-it-all. Ask questions. Mm. Don't posture. Even though you're in an industry of posturing. Like, be hungry for knowledge. Ask. The most interesting person in the room is the person who's interested in everybody else and what everybody else does. Be a sponge for knowledge mm. and then apply that knowledge. Right? Make sure that you have mentors. Me and you, like... <laughs> take, <laughs> I, let's okay. Let's not. I was gonna. Let's not name drop. But yeah. look at the the people that we've surrounded ourselves with. People who care about our careers because our wins are their wins. Mm. Look at the people we have in our corner, right? And to, we have those type of people not because it's cool. Cool. They no, cool. no. They recognize that we are about this, and we are about doing the work. So for them, it does not feel like a burden pouring their knowledge into us, giving us access to their networks. Mm. You know what I mean? It doesn't feel like a burden if I call them at 12 at night. They'll wake up. Mm. You know what I mean? So be hungry for knowledge. Apply that knowledge. Guys, study. It's all great that we, we, we're not all going to be hustlers. Study what you want to be involved in. And when I say study, I don't mean just um, um, just go to varsity, which is great. You need that if you can access it and you have the resources for it. Get that degree. Get that diploma. Get, get that master's. Get those. Whatever you can do from your side, do it. And then make sure that you research the brands that you want to work with. Research their systems so that you know how to position yourself, how to position your company. Mm. Know how to work with onboarding systems. Know how to submit. The simple things, people don't know how to submit invoices. People don't know how to request PO. Like, like this, we, we take these things for granted because we've been working with these systems. Because a person is brilliant in, how, in what they create, mm. in, in terms of the kind of work they put out, it doesn't mean in terms of the, that they created that too. Sure. And it doesn't mean they're less brilliant because they don't know. You know what I mean? And, and if you think about it, 
That's exactly why we started we started uh, me and you subtle meetup. Yeah, because that's was, the heart of it. I was gonna mention um, that throughout this whole process, um, a lot of us isolate ourselves. Mm. We want to run a one man show, mm-hmm. um, and the, that is that is really why then we came up with the subtle meetup. Mm. Organize ourselves, share information, share knowledge, um, um, collaborate. Um, because at the end of the day, if we want to go far, man, we, 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 we need to go together, guys. Yeah. My, my, the biggest pain for me is whenever I talk uh, to people, whether it's about business or about um, whether it's politics, whatever the conversation is, when it comes to, uh, to us as, uh, as, as a people, as black people, there's always this notion of we don't know how to stand together, you know, and I don't necessarily believe that, call me naive or whatever, but I do believe when it's showcased, um, that sentiment will change around who we are and how we can be with each other as, as, as a people, mm. you know what I mean? And... Um, no one is going to save us but us. No one is going to save us but us. If we, if we don't organize, we'll be screaming in the dark forever. Mm. A, lot, a lot of us actually would downplay how much research needs to go into working with brands because a brand would contact us for collaboration mm. and we would just easily jump to the campaign send them our rates mm. and not really try and look at all, all the other factors that um, spills into that campaign. Cause I mean, a brand is contacting you, contacting you, sorry, mm. because they know the value that you can bring to their brand. Just besides awareness and sales, there's other things that they also look at and say, look, this is the actual right person for this. Right. Especially for me, like when a brand contacts me, I'm like, you're getting into my space, right? And my space is not just me putting out content for you, but my space is the subtle meetup. Mm. My space is my podcast, right? My space is my website. My space is my threads, right? Mm. My space is my space is just my image, mm. right? People just knowing that I work with X brand. Um, that is 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 a sort of brand growing and talkability, whether you see it online or you don't, right? Um, some things that we don't consider when a brand approaches us. Mm. What are what what are some of the things that you've put into place from just like a business um a business perspective to say when a brand contacts me as a business or an or an entrepreneur, what are the first important things that I look at before giving them feedback? Yeah. Um I think be authentic. And what I, I mean about that is the real synergy between you and that brand and what they're contacting you for. I know we'd like to think of the bag first. And I understand it's very tough economic times. But your longevity in this game and, and the heights that you can take this at is make sure that the things that you give value to give value to who you are in the long term. Are you going to be able to sustain who you are in relationship with the brand and your audience or your clients 
or your viewers depending on what you're doing or your customers so you must always see your relationship with whatever brand is trying to come into your space through the prism of who are you or who is the the brand that you've built depending whether your personal brand or you build a, a a business brand or whatever it is look at the characteristics of what makes up the brand that you represent and then from there the second thing i would say is it goes back to what i was talking about earlier look at what the scope of this relationship is going to be what are the touch point what is the work what is the tone um what is the messaging and finally be very quick to get to the the budget talk <laughs> don't don't be wasting time and then look an entrepreneur doesn't have doesn't have the luxury of having an overflow of data of a time exactly of, you're busy you're busy out you're trying to get it true so be very very quick to get into that conversation and understanding what that looks like and once you understand what that looks like look at does the budget allocated match the scope mm. right and remember this if they contacted you first don't panic don't be desperate there is something they see in you that only you can bring to the table so speak with confidence and if you can have somebody to represent you who knows what they're doing. Mm. That's actually very important if you can. If you Because what I yeah, because what I found is that creators find it find it hard to represent themselves because they I, I it's probably they feel like they're being greedy. Besides they can that, be like, manipulated in the room. We're so passionate about what we do to a point where sometimes you either undercharge or you don't charge at all because you just Ooh. want the work to get out. You just love designing logos. Don't or you just love designing uh, campaign strategies. Or you just love executing content. So much that so, because so, it's mm. a specific brand and they're really like a great big brand, mm. you're like, you know what? I can just not so, charge for So this. my question then becomes, so don't you love money? Mm. Or maybe let me say, don't you love the things that money can do? Mm. Or does I mean, your love for what you do outweigh the love of having resources the rewards. or rewards from that work? Does it outweigh that? Does it outweigh you being able to sustain yourself? Does it outweigh you being able to contribute to your family? Does it outweigh you being able to, to, to address the needs of those who need your help? Does it outweigh <laughs> your comfort? In building just, a legacy. I just got this question that literally just popped into right now. Um, how do you grow sustainability with a brand? By over-delivering. Okay. Why do you think... Let me ask a question. Why do you think Tanqueray, at a drop of a dime, when you call and you say, I need this, why do you think they they show up for you? I mean, for me, it's really just like, love the brand, want to do X, Y, and Z and let them live into my space. But now that you mentioned over delivery, I've just realized exactly. that is it. What did you do before we started the, this podcast? <clears throat> because, because, because look, Stax, like... No, no, wait, wait. What did you do? I, I want to dive deeper into this thing for a reason. What did you do before we started this podcast? Creator content. Involved them. Did they ask you to do that? Nope. Was Tinkeray <laughs> part of your world before you got the deal? Yep. But do you see what I mean? There was already synergy in who you were mm. and how you lived your lifestyle. Mm. So 
Cool. I think over-delivering is one facet of it, right? Mm. Let's say a brand contacts you for um, one post. And that's literally all, that's literally all they're paying you for. Right? And you need to des- decide. Is the need for that bag outweigh the need for you to build a sustainable personal brand? Mm. Also, can you turn that one post into something else for them without, the, without you forcing them to pay you more? Can you have a conversation of creating more for them for slightly less pay per post over a period of time of accumulating work for them? Mm. Can you take that one post and fit, fit it in all the other parts of your world? So there's the, I did the one post that was paid for. Mm. There's the, can I turn that relationship with that brand out of my own volition into a company? Can I use them as a billboard of what a campaign could look like with me if they are not willing to do that campaign with me? Mm. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So we're speaking now about an individual right let's be let's let's now turn that individual into either a business a platform that um the person is building how how do i get brands to jump into what i'm building my assets okay it goes with the same thing i was speaking about um, just a second ago of over delivering so you need so, to, so, so let me give you an example so the over delivering at this point is Let's say I've started an event platform or I've started yeah, so that's a, a I blog. I've started a product um, that has a whole experience around it. Cool, I'm over-delivering with my audience or the people that are attending my space, but the brand is not in that conversation. So how do I get the brand to be involved in that conversation and build a long, sustainable relationship? So, so that's why it's very important from, from the answers of the, the, the conversation you are having with them understanding the full scope of the work and understanding the scope of what they are doing beyond just this thing they're contacting you with. Mm. What is their target? Where are they going with this so, 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 so that the reason why I'm saying you need to understand it and ask that and comprehend it is so that you show them all the touch points of who you are and the, and, and the interests are. So there's multiple, let me give you an example. There's multiple gateways to who Joe is, mm. right? There's creative mind space, there's Joe Human, the, the personal brand, there's Joe Humane, um, 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 the designer. There's Joe Humane, the host of Subtle Meetups. So when you're dealing with a brand from that perspective, is that you need to give them all the doors to your world. And when you give them the doors to your world, you can't just give them those doors to your benefit. How does it benefit them to work with people? To actually work. Space? How does it benefit them to be at Subtle Meetups? How does it benefit them to be... Um, part of your social where does where does one mm. let's not speak about me but like where does one find the benefits um, of I'm what examples about you just because <laughs> where does one find the benefits of what they building to propose to brands because they say this brand is not speaking to you but you want them to jump in cool this is what i have but like how do you market it how do you sell it what what should you identify within what you're building 
um, that can benefit the brand to actually say, look, we actually want to jump onto this. You need to identify the synergies between what you are building and the, and the, and the brand's targets. Now we're talking. So what do I mean about the word synergy just means that the, the co-shared goals mm. with that brand, right? I'll give you another example of um, a brand that I take care of, um, the Legends Barbershop. The first time we had a conversation with, um, okay, let me give an old, uh, an old partnership that has since whatever expired. Mm. The first time we had a conversation with Vaseline Men, a lot of people from my team and the, the PR agency that represents Unilever and uh, particularly Vaseline Men, couldn't understand why a barber shop brand would be a, a, a an influencer or brand um, I don't want to say brand ambassador but these things now it's a gray line that's also what I've noticed like so it's a really gray line so so when, when they first engaged us it was from the perspective of okay cool the the the, the ambassador for for the campaign for for the brand was Ricky and we had a relationship with Ricky mm. and um, you know, he, he's so loyal to the brand and he's part of the business now. So they were like, well, at that stage he wasn't part of the business. I mean, now he's part of the business. But immediately when that gap opened, that door opened mm. to have a conversation with them, I was like, we could crack this whole baby up. Because if you're thinking about it, skincare is grooming, right? And who who best to tell you about the agreement to advise advise a man about grooming mm. than his barber? And then your barber turns out to be the best barber in Africa, Nochal. Mm. What? So what you basically what? did is you turned a business into an influencer. Exactly. Exactly. And we made By that finding the synergy smack. that they both work on grooming. Exactly. And then what I immediately did, I studied what a Vaseline men in South Africa was about. What was their goal? What was the conversation they were trying to have with men? What were they trying to do to men's skin? What were they trying to do to, them, to men's psyche in this country? And then I studied who they were. What do I mean about that? I, business is personal. Who are the custodians of this brand? Mm. What makes them tick? What are their passions? What are their desires? What are the interlinking commonalities between what our business is about and what they are about and what their brands are about? And then I built a presentation or a presentation deck around our brand that was based on the synergies or the commonalities, right? And it, it, it was a beautiful thing, man. It was a beautiful thing. I mean, we've spoken about all the things that you should do in wanting to work with brands. Yeah. Before we close, what are some of the things that we should actually stop doing so that we can work with brands? Ooh, <laughs> it's probably a lot. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I want to mention um, three things that are quite common. Mm. 
Are you talking from a perspective of a business or personal? Business, business? personal. You can dive into both. It would be really cool. Don't be desperate. Both. Don't be desperate. Build ecosystems. If whatever you're doing is... If whatever you're doing is dependent on brand partnerships for it to succeed, rethink. Get yourself... The best position you can get yourself in is to where you are successful or are heading towards success outside of brands and then they hit you up. It's not always, it's not always brands that are going to hit you up. Sometimes you have to make sure that you are in front of, of their eyes. You need to make sure that they are aware of who you are. But as, as much as possible, the things that you are building, subtract brands out of that. And make sure that they are financially viable outside of brands first. Make sure that the value proposition to the customer, to the client, to the audience is so strong and stable outside of brands. Hmm. Trust me, it's a different conversation when they come to you. Yeah. And another thing you need to do you need to be at subtle meetups because we can go into the granular details around this conversation we are having right now in that space. Mm. You can access experts. You can access people who represent brands. You can access people who are at agency, at PR agency, ex experiential agency. You can access people who sit on the other side of the table. You can access people who know how to put systems in place in your own businesses. You can access people that you can co-create with. You can access people who are a little bit higher on the ladder than you that are willing to give you a hand up. Yeah. <clears throat> that is the biggest thing. And ladies and gentlemen, to that I say, Joe. Cheers, bro. Cheers, bro.